Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Truth About Success. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff, and in a few minutes, I'll be introducing you to really the star of our show, Ayo Alasende, the individual that will be carrying this show forward for future episodes to come. But before I bring Ayo in, I'd love to, you know, share a little bit of background information about him to kind of set the scene for you, our listeners, as to who we're dealing with. Well, Ayo is the president of Salad Master, and he is responsible for the global global sales and daily operations of this company. Now he joined Salad Master back in 2004 and has since grown from owning his own Salad Master dealership to serving as the president of Salad Master UK. Now in May of 2018, IO was appointed this presidential position. IO clearly as a position of being a president for such a prestigious company has a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of expertise, and a wealth of truths about his own success and the path that led him there. So let's bring in the star of our show. We're really excited to have him aboard. Io, great to see you. Great to hear from you. And boy, are we excited to launch this show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Ryan. And it's uh, it's it's a great, uh, what should I say? This is the next phase or the next step of really reaching out and touching many more lives and uh, hence why we're doing this. So I'm excited about the whole program. Yeah, really absolutely. Excited. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, so I, I think a great starting point is the starting point for us. And that is really, why is this show called what it is called? The truth about success. Talk to, talk to us about the name. Well, the name came from the fact that one of the things that is really, uh, that I thought about over my career from my, my humble beginnings to where I am was when you I was working my way through and trying to make it and looking for those breakthroughs. There were so many other successful people around that never shared this the secrets to success, so to speak, or the key to success. And so what I found was I had to make mistake after mistake and learn from those mistakes. And I always remember saying to myself, you know, when, when if I ever make it, because, you know, you got to remember then you're still doubting your confidence and your ability that if ever I make it, then I want to be one of those people that doesn't keep those secrets, that I share those secrets. And because success is something you can learn to do. And as I talk about in the Y Factor uh, book is nobody is better than you. What I've learned is they are ahead of you. And so the, the whole idea of this is to share those secrets or tips or just some simple basic stuff of this is what the successful people are doing. They're not better than you. They're just doing stuff they figured out that, hey, instead of you going through that learning curve, if you know what I mean, you, you, mm. you, you, you can actually um, take the shortcut, which is to learn from people who've already done it. So that's, that's what we're all yeah. about. That's one of the biggest pieces of advice I think almost anyone can give is sure, look at the templates in front of you, see the successes that those individuals have had and try and model or mirror your own story to that. Sure, there are going to be some changes along the way, but having those templates in front of you is a big part of it. But another big thing and, and a kind of a question that comes into play with that IO is access, the access to these individuals to ask them those questions and learn from them and hear their stories. And that's what this show is about. We're, we're bringing 
prominent individuals that have their own truths about success to you. We are providing that access, uh, and we're certainly excited for future episodes where you sit down and have these great conversations with other prominent individuals. So, Io, let's let's really get things started here because here in the first episode, we want to talk about you. We want to learn more about you uh, and your truths about success. So take us back to the beginning, why don't you? You know, what was your upbringing like? Talk to us about your childhood, um, you know, some of the experiences that you had uh, during your upbringing. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you the short <laughs> And the short version is uh, my dad's Nigerian and my mom's German, and I was born in London. So I always joke about this uh, because, you know, I, I've got all the bases covered and the next <laughs> war, I'm okay. You know? uh, but but I was six weeks old when my parents took me to Nigeria and I was brought up in Nigeria. And because I was light skinned going back in time then, uh, you know, I was bullied. There was, uh, you know, I was actually classed as being white. So I had to deal with that. I was like the only white kid in school. Can you imagine that in this school <laughs> of hundreds and hundreds of people? Sure. And I, I got bullied. And um, to make things worse, I had ADD, which is Attention Deficit Disorder. Mm -hmm. which was not something that would have been recognized in school then. I remember as a kid when I'd read a book or a page or a newspaper, anything I'd read, by the time I got to the bottom of the page, I'd forgot what was at the top of the page. You know, mm -hmm. I still have it. And you, as a result, I failed everything in school. I was last in class consistently. I was either last or second to class. And my best friend was, if I come last, he'd come second to last. And we used to take, we used to, we used to alternate. And uh, so I started there. And then when I was 18, I was fortunate enough to come to England. Uh, but then when I came to England, things went from bad to worse. Uh, I had no education, nothing. I couldn't get a job. I, I worked, I did some casual laboring job. I worked in factories. And I ended up in a, in a low point, sleeping on a friend's chair because I had nowhere to live. I had no money. I just had my clothes in a suitcase and uh, that was it. I had a five pound. I remember this. I had five pound in my pocket, which was money that we put down for the deposit on the keys for a car. And I remember saying to myself, and I didn't realize what I was doing then. Where I was, I was setting my mindset. I said, you know what, Io? This is the beginning. And uh, And I remember I can still see myself standing on the road Waterloo Road in Burslem, Stoke-on-Trent, standing outside in Silesian with this five pound, I go, this is all you are worth. This is it. But I remember, for, instead of looking at it from a negative, I remember saying to myself, this is the beginning. And wow. from there, I ended up becoming, um, I used to walk four miles to a bakery, a Mother's Pride Bakery in Stoke-on-Trent, stand outside the door and if they were short of a casual labor for the night shift they would set you on it took me about two weeks of just standing outside hoping to get a night's work and eventually i got my first shift on and i'm a hard worker and that's what i did i just worked hard showed my colors so they put me on again and again and eventually i was doing three four five shifts a week in fact i was doing that much overtime the the union complained about how much you, uh, overtime I was doing as a casual laborer, <laughs> and I'm going. I've got no money. I've got nothing. Mm -hmm. You know. So hey, you'll take so, what you can get at that point. Yeah. 
Well, so so it sounds this was really your first job. Uh, you know, it was you know standing out there and looking for that labor oriented position. You know, when you were in that role, yes, you were trying to make ends meet. Really, uh, did did you have any sort of did it feel fulfilling to you in that role, or or was it more of just yes, just that trying to make ends meet at the time? It was all about surviving. I mean, it was just mm. you know I've been poor. I mean, I've actually been. I tell people, I don't know whether you how poor you've been, but when you've had, I've had, you know, days I didn't eat because I had no money to buy food. And you search the whole house, you'd be down the cushions trying to see if you can find some money down there. I remember walking down the streets, going to the phone boxes, because that was the old days where you had the phone boxes Mm -hmm. where you used to put the money in and look around, see if anybody's dropped some money or anything just to get a few pennies. So uh, those were humble beginnings. So it was all about survival, survival. So, so you were running this job for a little while. You've, you've found a little bit of traction in it. You were able to get some more hours, some more money in your pocket. Where did things start to shift for you and start to evolve? You know, what ultimately Io, led you towards the realm of sales? That's your background in, front, in, you know, in the business culture. So what, what, talk about some of those progressive steps that led you towards the realm of sales. Well, what happened was <clears throat> I'm now making a little bit of money. So I used to take the bus halfway to work and then walk the other half because I saved myself 24p bus fare. And uh, 24p was probably about maybe 50 cents or something like that. And uh, that's what I saved. And, and, and that meant I could buy myself uh, lunch or dinner when I was at the bakery. To cut a long story short, one day I'm, wa- I'm, I'm walking to the bakery feeling sorry for myself. They've started talking about making redundancies. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to get onto the books full time. And here they are laying people off. Mm. So as I'm walking to the bakery, uh, Ryan, and this was the, the the moment, was I remember this silver Mercedes. It's called The road's called London Road. Uh, and I remember the silver Mercedes driving past me, husband and wife with two kids in the back. And I've got holes in my shoes. It's a wet day. The moisture is soaked into my shoes. I can hear the squish, squash. I'm freezing cold because, you know, when you don't have money, you don't have a good coat. You don't have a good winter coat. And I'm just thinking, this cannot be my life. Is this it, you know? And uh, I'm a Christian. I remember saying to myself, God, is this is this it? Is this what I hear? And when I got to the bakery later on that day, thinking, what am I going to do? Again, remind me, I've got no qualifications. When I left the education system, the one thing they were very good at doing was teaching me how to be, I was nobody, I was nothing, because I didn't have that qualification. So I lacked a lot of confidence. I was an introvert. Most people don't believe that. Uh, And anyway, we were in the canteen, and there was was two people in front of me. One was the 50-year-old, the other one was 60-year-old. And the 50-year-old said to the 60-year-old, he says, when are you going to retire? And the 60-year-old, they were just having a conversation, and I'm standing behind him. He says, well, he says, I can't retire yet because I haven't got enough money. And I remember saying to myself, Ayo, if you stay here, that's going to be your story. I was 24 years old. I didn't know what I was going to do, but then I thought, I need to find something else. So I looked in the newspaper, and I looked at all the jobs, and all of them you needed a skill or an education or something. And the only thing you didn't need any skills for 
was sales. And uh, I answered an ad. I went in there and I thought, I'm, I didn't even, I didn't, I never believed I was a salesperson. I didn't think I could sell. And I thought, well, if I can just find the product that I believe in. And well, I've and, got to tell you as, this right As an introvert, you were probably thinking, oh man, this is something I got to be kind of outward about, you know, in the realm yeah. of sales. So I'm sure that was probably racking in your brain as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I remember going to a couple of interviews and one was for Gillette. You know Gillette, the um, the razor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is. I remember going for this interview and I walked into this room. We were doing a mass in the hotel. I remember walking in and I had nothing. I had one jacket, one shirt, one pair of trousers. And I, and, and I borrowed the tie from my next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. I remember walking into this room, North Staff's Hotel, and I, I just remember I looked around and I saw all these sharply dressed people, confident, and I stood there for about five minutes and then I just turned around and walked out. I just walked out. I didn't even have oh, the confidence wow. to even go through. To, I mean, wow. that was it. So my confidence daunting. was pretty yeah. low. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't feel good about yourself after that. Sure, sure. So, so here you are, you know, you were on the doorstep of an opportunity, uh, you know, in, in sales, you realized that there were, you know, because of your, you know, your apparent lack of qualifications and the, the sales realm, not really needing qualifications for there might be a match, but there you are looking at an opportunity, you get overwhelmed by that. How did you get back up from there? Well, you know, when your back's against the wall, there's only one way to go. And yeah. So basically that was it. And, uh, you know, I talk about it in, 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 again, in the Y factor, one of the reasons I talk about it, when I say sometimes you have to be in a bad position before you make those decisions to change. Sure. And I was in a bad place and I went, I have to find something. And eventually I found uh, a business product. I got into it. And the great thing about direct sales is they don't judge you for your past. They judge you for what you do mm-hmm. and they'll take you, they'll train you, they'll polish you up. They'll give you all the tools you need to go out and be successful. So long as you're willing to be a good student. And I was fortunately a good student and, uh, you've heard the saying it, you know, it's not how good the teacher is. It's how good the student is that makes the difference. And sure. I became a good student and I, I ended up working my way through into running my own branch. Wow. Uh, 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 and doing well from there. Well, and then later on, I mean, getting you, into. You had, I'm sorry to interrupt. You had your back against the wall. You saw an opportunity. You realized you had to take it. You, you flat out had to. And, and you were able to not just embrace it, but really ultimately thrive. What was that progression like for you? I mean, yeah, you had to be a student, but to probably be able to rise up to the point of managing your own branch, that, that's quite a progression. We'll talk about that a little bit. What, what was that process uh-huh. like for you? Uh, great questions there, Ryan, because the true story about it was I started working my way up and, uh, I remember every contest they put up, I would, my, my goal was to win it. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason was I had nothing. I remember, uh, the, the guy running the office at the time, a guy called Paul Middlebrough. I remember him, he put up a contest. Hey, if you do 60 shows, in one month, you get a, a blazer and a pair of trousers. I went, man, hey. that's me. That's me. <laughs> you got my name on this. And I ended uh-huh. up doing, in, in February, in 28 days, I did 62 appointments. Awesome. Uh, just, just to get that. So I worked my way up, got a little bit of confidence, 
got myself to the point where I could go open a branch. And now I had another massive challenge because I went, I'm, I'm not a boss. I cannot mm. see myself as a boss. So I was scared. I was literally scared. And I went to talk to uh, somebody who was already running a branch and uh, he gave me some good advice and he just helped me build my confidence up. And I just made that decision. I, I, I suppose I, you know, I, I thank God that I've got this little thing in me where you just go, you know what, just have faith. Mm-hmm. Just have faith and go for it. And that's what I did. And To take the leap, sure. Yeah. So was it right around this time, Io, that so here you are managing your own branch. You're realizing, okay, I was good at the sales side, clearly, but now this is a new, little bit of a new beast in terms of management. You know, was it was it also right around this time that you were starting to feel like not just sales, but business as a whole really was was your calling? Uh, no, I'd never thought of it as my calling. One of my driving factors to being successful, uh, and this is where the why factor comes from. If you have mm-hmm. a big enough why, you figure out how. So my mom had a really hard life. Uh, she went back to Nigeria, and again, that's another story, but she had a tough life. And, and my goal of my elder brother and I was to go and make it in the music business and come back and uh, you know save her, basically, take her and look after her. And that was my driving, driving force. So it was, I had to break all these barriers because I just didn't, I never saw myself as being that boss, the, the businessman or anything. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into uh, running my branch, after my first year, I remember sitting down with my, the accountant and he went through all my expenses and he says, this is how much money's come through your account. And this is what's left. This is the profit. And I remember looking at that going, are you kidding me? This is all that's left from that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the day That was the day I read, okay, I need to learn. I need to get a business head here. So I started, you know, studying a little bit more about business, talking to business-minded people, getting mentors. I think it's so important to find yourself some mentors that you really uh, spar off. And you, the great thing about having a mentor is they don't even need to know you're a mentor. You just studied them from afar. Right, exactly. You know, having having somebody that you look up to, you see their success, you try and model your own success off of, just like we talked about at the beginning. It, mentors can really go a long way, in, regardless of what industry you're in. It's, it's an important factor. And I think from that point, when you're looking for a mentor, try and find one with a personality similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Because then you'll find that it's easier to to follow them. If you find somebody, so I I I used to see people are very like extroverts. Go like, man, that's not me. I mean, I remember I'd never, I wouldn't even public speak. They'd ask me, would I speak? And I'd done well. And I went, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, look at you now. Look at you now. Here you I are. Know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Well, so but that, so, uh, sorry, Ryan. Sorry, I just want to say. I just want to say this. Sorry. So you just. So that's the whole point about success. The truth about success, it's not one big success. It's a series of little successes across, along the road that gives you a little bit more confidence and a little bit more confidence and a little bit more confidence. And gradually, step by step, like climbing a mountain one step at a time. And people just want the mountain overnight. And it doesn't come overnight. No. 
No, it's Little steps. not going to happen like that. So let me ask you this. So here you are, you're managing your own branch. You've got those little incremental steps of confidence. You're really, things are, things are trending upwards for you at this point in time. Could you walk us through what your, where really the big career boom was for you in terms of your growth in becoming what you are now in terms of the president of global operations for Salad Master? What was that growth and, and process well, like? I think that the big turning point was when I started believing in myself. Because even though I was successful all through these stages, I used to go, yes, but. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not like that guy over there and I'll never be as big as that person over there and I'll never be. And I, you know, I was always putting myself down. And then once I realized that, you know what, just be you, just be you. And one of my philosophies in life is life is about evolving to be the best you you can be. They didn't say you need to evolve to be the best somebody else, you know. That's why you have a unique name, a unique DNA, because you're you, you're a one-off. And I just became comfortable in my own and just accepted that there's some things I'm going to be good at, some things I'm not going to be good at. There's some areas I'm going to be successful at and there's some areas I'm not going to be successful at. And, and that belief then spurred me on uh, and I did well. I ended up semi-retiring out of that uh, uh, business and then got headhunted to set up uh, Salamaster in the UK, which was a new challenge uh, that I had to think strongly about it because I, I, my mum my always told me this. Uh, she, you know, she told me some really great basics and uh, uh, she, she has given me some simple tools. And one of them was, if you're gonna do a job, do it properly, otherwise don't bother. And that was my, I had a very strict upbringing. If you're going to sweep the floor, sweep it properly. Otherwise, don't bother. If you're going to wash the car, I have to wash yep. my dad's car on a Sunday. Yep. Oh, boy. And my, my dad would come and inspect this car. And if there was one <laughs> little bit missing, you know, I got it. So you just learn mm -hmm. to do a good job. And I try to apply that in everything I do. Sure, sure. I have a similar situation in my upbringing as well. Yes, if you're going to do a job, you do it right. And and uh, now it can go a long way, that advice. It really can, uh, you know. Um, so so here we are, you know, you're, you're headhunted to start up Salad Master UK and to get this process going. I'm sure that was daunting. I'm sure that was testing for you. You had to probably explore a new area of business that you may have not been accustomed to, probably brought on some challenges for you. You know, what were some of those challenges like? What what was it like to really just, you know, feel like you've got some big shoes to fill when you've got a big company like Salad Master looking at you for a pretty big operation? What was that like? Well, again, you guys remember that time. I mean, I, I, I never thought I was going to be the president one day. That was not my focus. My focus was just to build a Salad Master office. Sure. So the first thing I had to do was go out. And uh, I was already successful, so my story's a little bit different. At this point, you know, I'd made it as successful. I'm living in a nice big home, 14 acres of land. I had a swimming pool, a golf course, wow. tennis court, a lake. I'm not saying this to brag, but, you know, it's a, a $3 million home. And and now I'm having to start at the very bottom in Salad Master. So <laughs> you can mm -hmm. imagine, I'm thinking... What are you doing, Ayo? Are you okay? Right. And all my friends, my friends were, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Why have you put in an apron on and going out cooking? 
And I'm saying, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to build a legacy behind him. He's, he's lost the plot. He's lost the plot. Uh, <laughs> well, so I'm it was sure, very yeah. hard in the beginning. Very yeah. hard in the beginning. I bet. I bet. So, so what was it like that? I mean, this is, this is an interesting conversation point right here that I'd like to dive into just a, a little bit. A lot of times in the story of successful entrepreneurs, there are moments where the people around them are not encouraging them, uh, to, to move forward with the idea that is inspiring the entrepreneur. You know, sometimes it's outside noise. Sometimes it's someone as close as a family member telling you, Hey, this is not the right decision. So in that moment, when those close to you, those that were in similar, you know, levels of success as you, they're sharing their opinions on your circumstances. What was it like for you to have to kind of shut out that outside noise and, and follow through with what you knew was going to be best for you. What was that like? Well, I think one of the advantages of having ADD is that you folk, when you focus, you focus. I mean, you don't see the side noise and I had been successful enough and been self-made. I got myself to this situation that I just learned that never take advice from uncle and an unqualified source. So, you know, one of the reasons we're working with you, Ryan, is that you guys are the experts. I mean, you, I take advice from qualified people. I do, I've learned not to take advice from unqualified sources. And so many of these naysayers mm -hmm. are giving you advice. So when I started Salamast, a good example, I had a guy come to my home. We had no office. And remember, I told you how I described my home. Mm -hmm. And I showed him the product and I, I did a presentation for him. And he, I was trying to bring him in, and then he said he went away to think about it. I called him back. He says, I've spoken to my friend who's a chef, and he said, this will never work. Hmm. This will never work. Nobody's going to buy Salamaster. And I went, and I remember listening to him. I said, that was a typical example mm -hmm. of he's taking advice from a chef. Now, a chef doesn't know anything about business. A chef knows about cooking. Mm-hmm not how to build a restaurant chain. Those are two different things. Mm -hmm. So what I found is I just don't listen to people who are not qualified in the area they're giving me advice on. And, well, and hey, I, that's, I, that's valuable advice, uh, you know, yeah. because you could be led astray. And ultimately, I mean, what if, I mean, if you want to play the game of what if, what if you took that advice and didn't follow through? I mean, you would not be right here sharing this story with us today. Um, so, so let's talk about, you know, you're, you're running salad master UK things are going well, where along the line did you feel compelled to then begin writing and ultimately develop? Have you got the why, why factor, you know, and, and pay it forward with, or pay forward with Brian Tracy. Where was it that you made that shift and thought I've got a wealth of knowledge and it would be great to share it with people in, in written content through a book. Where, where did that, that process begin for you? Um, the process, uh, it wasn't, it didn't begin. It was a continuation hmm. of part of my goals. So when, when I came into Salad Master, I went, it's very rare in life you have an opportunity where you can make a difference in society. And we have the best product in the world. We can make such a difference uh, in people's lives. And I thought it's very rare I'm going to have this opportunity where I can make a difference in people's lives. They can eat healthy. Uh, you can leave your mark and make a career out of it. And my goal has always been to how many people can I help? 
And there's a there's an example. Uh, uh, this is a, 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 an analogy I use. And I said, Ryan, imagine you were in a train crash and you survived the train crash. And you climbed out of the the wreck, the crash. The first thing you do is you check yourself from head to toe. You go, Am I okay? Mm-hmm. And you go, I'm not bleeding. I'm okay. Still got two hands. Got still two legs. Everything's intact. Right. There's no blood. But you saw some other people in the train crash. Would you not go and help them out? Certainly, go check yeah. on their status as well. Yeah. So 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 that to me is part of my philosophy in life. That if you're fortunate enough to make it and be successful, then you have an obligation to go back and help other people come out. And that was my legacy. So the book was just a a stepping stone of trying to reach out and give people tools to empower themselves and, and, and take action. And the opportunity to do a book with Brian Tracy, well, Brian Tracy is one of my heroes. He doesn't, you know, we, I've been, I was given one of my mentors, a guy called Gene Winfield, Mr. Gene Winfield, mm-hmm. and uh, he gave me a set of Brian Tracy's Psychology of Achievement uh, CDs in 1988. I was already successful then, but I've I've really embraced Brian Tracy uh, uh, as a, as I've been a good student of his, and having the opportunity to do pay for with him is is just another 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 dream come through in just ch- changing people's lives. Well, that's saying something about you, Io, in that you wanted to give back in terms of, of sharing information that you had learned or, or, or benefited from along the way when you yourself in your upbringing didn't necessarily have that. I mean, you had your back against a wall. You had to make decisions that were best for you. You didn't necessarily have, uh, you know, somebody actively willing to share their steps to success. You just had to kind of make it happen for yourself. So let's, you know, in that, in the spirit of that sentence, really, let's talk about that concept of hard work. Clearly you had to show hard work. You know, when you, you said it yourself, when you were focused, you were focused. Uh, let's talk about hard work. You know, clearly you understand the definition of it because of, of your usage of hard work and where it took you in life. What does hard work mean to you? What does hard work look like? Well, um, okay. So I know it's a loaded question. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's actually, it's a great question because, uh, you know, there's a saying that everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. So uh, people want all the good things in life, but they don't want to work for it. And uh, and you're not going to get anything unless you work hard. It doesn't matter. Anybody you see at the top of their profession has worked hard. They might be lazy now. They might be playing around and chilling or whatever. But I tell you what, and they were building it. Uh-huh. They were giving it everything. So hard work is critical. For my def- hard work is the best substitute for talent. And I, I have, I didn't have any talent or any skills, but I just worked. I worked so hard, I got lucky. <laughs> so, well, uh, hey, hard and, work can hard work can can show up on people's radar if you're if you're doing if you're doing your job well, maybe going the extra mile, standing above those that are around you. I mean, I, I think that's where. I mean, I don't mean to to take your sentence away from you, but it sounds like that might be a way for you to get lucky is by rising above those around you. It is, and I'm not a great believer in luck, but what I, what I do say, and this is the only thing you've got to be careful with hard work. I see a lot of people work hard, but don't grow and mm. develop. So if you keep working hard, 
And, uh, you know, and again, I give you another analogy I use. I go, if we drill for oil right here, it doesn't matter how hard I work. It doesn't how much I drill. There's no oil. Mm-hmm. So it, the, all that energy is just going to be wasted. So make right. sure you work hard at something that will help you grow and develop into a bigger, better person. And make sure you look at the results you're getting because you can work 24-7 and get no results. Sure, so, exactly. So, and, and you can get burnt out that way. And, and also you've got to... Yeah. You've got to change industries. You got to start from scratch. You got to, there are a lot of bad things that can happen with burnout, you know? So let me ask you this with, with hard work, IO, and clearly you were a nose to the grindstone kind of individual. Um, you know, are there any, uh, any notable stories that you could share with us, uh, you know, from, from, or, or even lessons learned, uh, as you were going through your career, maybe a truth about your success, if you will, I'll plug the title there. <laughs> uh, well, the truth about I think is once you once you commit to a goal, you should never abort. Mm. Okay, so there's no wrong goals, just wrong dates. Sure. So so you might say I'm going to do this in 2021. It might take you to 2023. Hey, you st- you don't give up on the goal. You just mm-hmm. adjust and you learn from it. So why one of my fi- why why do you why do you feel that you you know you shouldn't give up on a goal? Because if it's important to you, if you set this as a goal and it's important to you, I mean, there's certain goals you've got to be very careful of. Mm-hmm. So just like me at my age now saying, well, I want to be a top footballer. Well, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's so many professions you can start at any time of your life. But if you if you establish and take the time out to go, and I, when I talk about a goal, um, and I'll come back and I, when I talk about a goal, one of, one of the things I, I always say to people, yeah, but are you prepared to make sacrifices for it? Mm. You know, you might say I want a Ferrari. Yeah. But are you prepared to make the sacrifices to work the extra hours, the long mm. hours or whatever it takes to get that Ferrari? So don't just say I want it. Don't, don't have a wish list. Take time out to go. This is something that's important to me. And then put, put some hard work and training into it because hard work is one key element of it mm-hmm. but you've just got, you've just got to learn to stay folks and those those not giving up on it i've just find i've picked something i learned this from brian tracy he says pick one goal that when you achieve that takes care of 10 20 other goals mm. pick one big enough goal that's going to hold you for three years five years whatever because if you want to make money you're not going to make it no, one good day doesn't make a good week. One good week doesn't make a good month. And one good month doesn't make a good year. And one good year doesn't make a decade, a good mm-hmm. decade. So I've learned you've got to find one big goal that you go, I'm going to chase that. But when I get that, that takes care of all these others. Right. Instead of right. messing around with little tiny goals. You you made a, an interesting comment there. It sounds like there's a little bit of a, of a discrepancy between a wish and a goal. You know, there's there's some things that come with a wish and there's some things that comes with goal setting. You know, in your mind, what's what's the difference between a wish and a goal? Well, a wish, if you've got a wish, then you, it's kind of like you're not going to put any effort into it. You're waiting for a miracle. You're waiting mm-hmm. for something to drop from the sky. You're trying to win the lottery. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you've got a goal that you really believe in and this is your why factor, this is where your why factor comes in. When you have that big enough why you figure out how. I never worry about how, but I worry, why am I doing this? 
why am I doing this? If I don't know why, then I'm not going to make the sacrifices that I need to make to achieve it. Because everything you do in life demands some element of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You have to give this up to put it in here. So it's an important part of, if you've just got a wish, a wish won't get you out of bed at uh, six o'clock in the morning. No, I'm not a, I'm not a runner. There's some people who are into running and jogging or what, you know, keep it. I mean, they get up in all sorts of weather and they go jogging. I go, you're not going to get me doing that. Uh, that's, yeah, you know, me that's, either. <laughs> me, me either. either. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I see a lot of golfers, mm-hmm. especially here in the UK. You know, we don't have the best. I understand golfing in some of the nice tropical places okay. and beautiful scenery. Sure. But sure. in England, it's raining this windy and I've got this guy on the golf course. I'm thinking, oh, no, and that's, you see, cause I'm not prepared now. It's not that I'm not good at golf. Well, I'm not good at golf, but <laughs> I'm never going to be good at it because I'm not going to make the sacrifices of going to a golf range and training and practicing sure. and getting some education. So if you, the difference between a goal and a wish is with a goal, you make you're prepared to make sacrifices, which a wish, you know, you know, you're not prepared to give anything up. That means you don't really want it. Well, uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good bit you know of information to share with us, and I appreciate that. So, I as we're as we're kind of starting to kind of come down here on the towards the end of our show, um, you know, wanted to kind of talk about the show itself. Um, you know, why is it that you decided to launch your partnership with the Success Network, and and really, what is your goal of this show moving forward? Well, the goal of the show is to reach out to as many people as as possible. And and that only happens by sharing this information. Hopefully people will see value from it and they like it and they share it. And we just create uh, and just to take the lid off this this stigma around success as being some big thing. I mean, you could be a successful mom or a successful dad or a successful parent or a successful Mm -hmm. footballer or a successful pool player. There are so many definitions of success. We mustn't just narrow it down. And and part of the goal here is to show people that there are so many people that are already super successful in what they do. But when they look in the mirror, they see themselves as mediocre. and, And they don't learn to to look at yourself. And I give you one good example. Every morning I wake up and the first thing I'd say is, hey, you know, I say, thank you, Lord, another day in paradise. And, and you know, I go, that's a mm-hmm. success. I made it through the night. I got up. There you go. So, and you're not so running. And you don't I'm have not running. Much to run. I, I jog, I jog every day. I do at least one or two miles mentally. There you then go. I get up. There yeah, you go. Then I get up. Uh, no, that's but, great. But, I think uh, the key here is just to to say to people, look, it's okay where you are right now. It's okay. And look for the good. Don't look for all the bad bits. Too many people look for the bad. When I'm, when I'm working with somebody, I'm working with people, the first thing I look for is the good. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to peel some layers off to get it. Sure. I go for the good. You don't have to look for the bad. It normally hits you straight on. Uh, but I look for the good in that person and we are trying to empower people there and we're building a big organization in, in Salamaster. So part of this, this goal is to really, how do we take this thing to an even bigger level and just reach out and touch many, many more lives and make a difference. Uh, and, and that's why I go, why not, why not you? Why not me? Mm-hmm. Why not? 
Well, absolutely. And it, and it sounds so, so moving forward, you know, what, what people can expect, you know, with the show, it's, it's really, it's about bringing successful individuals together to share their information, to share their notes. Uh, and another big thing I that, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, with this show is, you know, a great, a great part of a good show is the ability for its listeners to feel like they are a part of the action. And, uh, you know, so prior to us sitting down today, you know, we did, we took some questions from Facebook and from some individuals that are going to be interested in learning more, hearing more about you and what this show is about. And, uh, and we're going to be doing more of this as we go forward when, you know, you're in that hosting role and we're going to be sitting down with other individuals to share their success. Uh, but I wanted to ask you a few of the questions from our listeners and our viewers that had asked via Facebook, uh, before we kind of wrap things up here today. Uh, so first one here, uh, what is the single factor drive for your success? The single driving factor for my success, you know, I have actually a plaque in my office and it's, it has one word and that one word is discipline, mm. discipline. And I got this from uh, Bali in Indonesia and it's a hand, it's hand carved and they could put one word. It was interesting. I remember being on this trip. They said one word you can put on it and people put in their names. And I went, I put the word discipline discipline and uh, they actually painted it in gold the writing oh, very and the cool. reason for me the, the the reason why discipline is i've just in my career i've come across so many talented people 10 times more talented than me 100 times more talented than me i mean just unbelievable they just blow me away with their talent mm -hmm. but they haven't got the discipline to go to work every day and be consistent. That is it. So, and I think uh, I can outwork anybody, but I just have mm. that discipline to just do what I have to do. You know, when I was bringing my kids up, one of the things I used to say to them, you know, when you ask a kid to do something, they go, well, I don't feel like doing it. Uh -huh. I said, did I ask you whether you feel like it? <laughs> I said, sure. life's not about feeling. Like you've got to do, discipline is about doing what you have to do when you have to do it, mm -hmm. no excuses. You do what you have to do when you have to do it. And if you make a commitment, you're committed, then your your name is at stake. My father said this to me and just reminded me of a thing. Mm -hmm. When I was coming to England, uh, my father sat me down and he says, let me tell you something, son. He says, he says, um, he says, whatever you do, you must never bring disgrace to the family name. Whatever you do, you make the family name proud. And I say that to people. So that discipline of saying, hey, and I can tell you some stories where I got caught up with a bad bunch of people in Manchester and we, we were not, I was not proud of some of the things I did. You know, I was hustling, I was struggling. And that word of, hey, don't make that, don't bring any disgrace to the family name. So discipline mm -hmm. is a key fact to think of all your athletes. They've got to be so disciplined to train every day, to go through that routine again, again. Think about the Olympics. Uh, last year was canceled. Imagine somebody training for four years and they go, you got to wait another year. I mean, you've got to have discipline to be able to do that. So yeah. when I study successful people, in their area of expertise, they're just disciplined to do what they have to do and they don't give up on it. So that's my, that's my word. It's, it's the discipline. 
and you're like back it. to your Y factor. Sorry, I've got yeah. to finish that. You're back to your Y factor. If you have a big enough Y uh -huh. and it means a lot to you and you're prepared to make sacrifices, then you'll be disciplined to do the things you need to do. Well, there you have it. Um, so next question here from, from another, uh, another listener. Um, what do you feel is the biggest strength of the company right now, the company being Salad Master? Well, the biggest strength of the company right now and the biggest strength of the company since I've been involved in it is the people. Uh, we have got some of the best people in the industry, and that's why we're number one in the world. Like, you know, We're the innovators, we're not the imitators. We are leading out there from the front. We are making headway. People are trying to copy us and, and, and you know, and catch up on us they they'll never do that because we are we are the innovators and that's that comes down to the people it's people that make a company not the product because you can have the best product in the world but if the people are not right they'll they'll finish the they'll finish the company off so we have the best leaders the best managers the best people everybody from the ground up right to the top we've got the best people last year with the pandemic and COVID, we had a 74-year-old business that is face-to-face -face business. And we we obviously, with COVID, everything got shut down and we mm -hmm. couldn't do that. And in 45 days, we turned our whole business around and went virtually online because of the big people there. Ended up doing millions of dollars worth of business. And uh, that's the people, that's the people. So I, I'm so proud of the people we have. And what's exciting, Ryan, you know what's exciting? What's that? We haven't even brought the best people into the company yet. We're still looking for more. Awesome. And we're going to bring more talented people in there because we are committed to bringing more talent in and growing this organization. There, We're building a billion-dollar organization. That's what we're That's doing. Awesome. We're going big. Well, to help in building that billion-dollar organization, next question here I, I'm seeing is, what can I do as a dealer to contribute further to our strengths and to our company. Well, what can you do? What, well, be a great role model. Be a great role model uh, for people so people want to follow you. And just bring more people in and look after them and train them. Because this is a great... Look at my story. And, I, and, just an, and, and every dealer can tell their own version of the story of because they got into our business, look at where they are today. So we have this opportunity we can share with people. So if you want to help the company, truly really help the company, be a great model, a great role model. You know, one of our integrities, you know, part of, uh, one of our core values, sorry, is integrity, passion, mm -hmm. empowerment, you know, family. These, these are as such in, important values Take those core values and work with them and just develop them and just be the best you you can be. You're doing a great job right now, but we just need to bring more people in and share this. This We're leading the movement back to healthy home cooking, and that's what we need to do is create an even bigger movement. I love it. Well, final question here from Facebook IO. I'm just starting out my business. What advice would you give me? I know that's a bit that can be a bit of a loaded question from our friend, but you know I, I'm I'm curious to hear what your answer would be for a for a new startup. For new startup is make sure you have a plan. 
make sure it's the right plan. Find somebody who's successful in the business and run your plan through them and just say, hey, look, this is my plan. What do you think? Remember what I said earlier on, don't take advice from unqualified sources. Find somebody who's qualified, whether it's your sales director, area manager, your vice president, whatever, myself, you can get that and say, hey, this is my plan, is it right? Make sure you get that plan right, and then once you've got the plan right, then just commit to it and go to work. That's it, put your, note, put your head down and just go to work. And as you begin to get some successes, don't spend all the money, save it. <laughs> save it. Don't be too easy to change your lifestyle. Just keep your head down and just go to work and just, and just keep building and keep building and keep building on it. And implement that discipline that you talked about earlier, I. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so we we had mentioned to our our listeners and our viewers that uh, what they can expect on future shows, and that's conversations between you yourself with another individual sharing their truths about success. And you hit it, you hit the nail on the head earlier in saying success can take the form, uh, you know, can take many forms. You know, it, it's not just a, a monetary value in terms of what success is. It's being good at something in your respective field. It's being a good mother. It's being a good uh, baker. It's being a good anything. So these conversations that you're going to be having on future episodes, with prominent individuals at the top of their game, uh, you know, are going to do nothing but bring insight and information to individuals that can, uh, you know, be excited about future episodes. So we're going to be putting out new content each, each month, you know, for you, our listeners. And uh, if you have any questions or things that you would like to hear or see from us, feel free to chime in on IO's Facebook page, uh, you know, as well as the success network itself. But IO for our listeners, uh, do you have any final comments leading us, you know, here, taking us out of our inaugural episode today? Okay, well, be, before I, I give you a final comment, sure. I'd like you to, uh, our next speaker, our first speaker, which I'm excited about doing, is mm -hmm. Nick Nanton. Just tell the listeners a little bit about Nick Nanton and um, who we're going to be interviewing. Well, yeah, Nick Nanton is, uh, he's a, a media mogul. Uh, he really, he's a, you know, over 10 time, I think almost 15 time Emmy award winner. Uh, I work on his team, uh, you know, as a, as an editor as well. Uh, Nick, Nick directs documentaries. Uh, he is the CEO of the DNA agency that we work uh, hand in hand here with IO to uh, specialize in this show. Uh, you know, Nick develops public relations strategies, marketing strategies for media individuals or individuals looking to excel their work in media. Nick clearly being at the top of his game, being a, like, I said, almost, you know, 15 or 16 time Emmy winner. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. He produces high quality content stories that captivate people. He's got documentaries on, on Amazon out the wazoo. Uh, this is an individual that if you are fascinated with media entertainment in any way, shape or form, this is an interview that you will certainly not want to miss. IO, uh, bringing, you know, his expertise from the sales side, uh, Nick, his expertise from the media side. It's a great conversation waiting to happen. So I know I personally won't be on this uh, this particular episode, that episode, Io, but I'm certainly looking forward to it, and I recommend our listeners certainly tune in as well. Absolutely, and that's what this is all about: is uh, bringing different people from different facets of life, mm -hmm. and just hearing about them. You know, success is like a recipe for baking a cake. Mm -hmm. Once you've got the recipe, you can bake the cake, but you need the recipe. Right. And and what we're hopefully going to go, you know, our goal here is to share with you these recipes and what you'll see as we begin to go from one to the other, it's actually the same. It's just a different profession, 
but the, the core ingredients to success are the same. And that's what we want to share. We want to expose it. We want you to be able to ask questions. We, I want you to believe when you've been through, every time you come off one of these to go, right, you believe in you a little bit more than you maybe you did before you came on to the podcast. And you, you, you just have that little bit more belief that anything is truly possible. You can do whatever you put your mind to, so long as you're willing to listen, learn, and apply. And that's the secret. There are a lot of people listen, but they don't learn. A lot of people learn and listen, but they don't apply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you mm-hmm. get all the three together, then truly anything is possible. And at the Y Factor, our goal there is to produce content uh, to just empower people. Our goal is just to empower people to take action, not just to get you excited, but to give you tools that you can apply uh, immediately to take action because your success means that when you win, think about all the people in your family, your friends, and everybody around you, they're going to be better off because of your 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 success. So uh, that's our goal. Our goal is to is to empower you to take it to the next level. I did, and I'll finish over this. I did say one of my philosophies is life is about evolving to be the best you you can be. I'll say that again. Life, your life, is about evolving to be the best you you can be. Now, this is the question. Has the world seen the best of you, or do you have more to give? Because if you have more to give, well, let's give it. Now, I've got a little little secret i got to tell you. You never get there. <laughs> because the better you become, the more you realize you can do. The more successful you are, the more successful you can do. And, you know, just no difference with you, Ryan or Nick. You go, hey, let's let's take this to the next level. When you get there, you go, hey, let's go to the next level. So enjoy the journey. Don't fight the journey. Enjoy the journey because it's a fantastic world of revealing yourself and unbelievable, unbelievable feelings and successes. It's worth every bit of it. I, I, you know, I just I never go back. I mean, I love this. Just empowering people. Great. So that's my message. Back to you, Ryan. Thank you. (laughs) Well, no, no. And that's certainly what we're going to be bringing to you and your doorstep is, is the truths about success. Wonderful individuals sharing their lessons learned, sharing their truths, uh, sharing their stories. Uh, and, and boy, are we looking forward to sharing Nick Nanton's story in our next upcoming episode. Well, that's going to really do it here for our inaugural episode of The Truth About Success. For Ayala Sunday, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long, and we'll see you on the next edition of The Truth About Success.